done switch. Got me paranoid in his bitch. Heard that new nigga done snitch. Guess he dug his own ditch. Fueled up on that gas. I always stay lifted. Mama said I'm gifted. No question, I'm ripping. Competition, I'm litching. Wishing at me this stuff spitting. This beat stay hitting. She suck it and lick it. Head down in her feelings. I'm leaving after I get it. Money flow, what I'm here for. A no name, cause I get ghosts. Crucified by the liars. Raise up like the Messiah. I deal with the suppliers. Bring nothing but fire. Everham West Sider. Queen City attire. Out the way from 12. On that Charlotte shit, I'm shell. I be chasing this money. I'm just really trying to get it. Double up to an ounce. Half thing to a cheek. I ain't trusting these niggas. I ain't trusting these bitches. I be minding my business. Most of these niggas snitching. I'm just really trying to get it. 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 Welcome black. Welcome back. Welcome black. This is the STC podcast. I am your host, John Trey. Apologies for for the the uh MIN missing in action. I had to take me a little vacation, get my mind right. During this time I've been gone, my uncle passed away, my dad's baby brother. Like, I really just was going to take a week off, but then that happened. And just a lot of stuff happening in my life that I had to just take time out to get my mind right. A lot of things going on. I know y'all like, damn, we ain't did a podcast like this in a while. Where it's just me on here. And um, just trying to build this platform up to keep up with the rest of the competition. Since I've been gone, there's been so many brand new podcasts popping out the woodwork. And you know, this is the podcast where I, we you get to go with me on the road each week. I'm something somewhere different in a different city, different state. Right now, I'm in Austin, Texas at the truck stop. Chilling. Bored. <laughs> nah, but I decided to uh, tap in with you guys. A lot of things about to change. Um, I want you guys to, again, subscribe to the podcast STC fam um, I also want y'all to to go look up my YouTube John Trey 34 go um, subscribe to that because I'm going to be doing daily blogs I'm going to be doing blogs I'm about to hop in the blog world I'm tired of seeing these dudes with these blogs you know what I'm saying being Oprah Winfrey's and stuff you know but um yeah, go follow that uh Go follow my uh Go follow my uh YouTube. Please go subscribe to my YouTube. I'm about to give you guys the name right now for my YouTube. Um it's John Trader Prophet. John spell J O N T R E the Prophet, does spell D, capital D, A, capital P, R, O, P, H, E, T, Prophet. So that's John Trey, the Prophet, capital J, O, N, one word, 
capital T-R-E, then separate it with the D-A, then separate profit, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. So, so much been going on, folks. I had to get back to work. Uh, people MIA on the podcast, trying to get that right, seeing what's that. Falling out with people. Relationships no more. Friendships no more. I don't know what it is, but it's whatever. I'm being called a lot of things that I know my character don't fit because of one incident that didn't approve to that person. So, yeah, I might be fake to that person or whatever. I could take all of that. But you might not see them on here no more. It's nothing personal. I'm not mad. They're always welcome to come back. But my podcast was made to be raw and uncut and authentic where I give you my life, my real. I'm not perfect, yo. Never said I was perfect. I know I make mistakes. I done made plenty of mistakes on this podcast, as you guys noticed. Um, if I was perfect, I would have never got locked up. So I never portrayed to be perfect. I always said I was a work in progress. Some people hold you to a higher standard than others. And you might end up disappointing them certain people. I'm a person that's willing to accept and hold myself accountable for my actions. I'm also able to accept people that walk away from my life. It's nothing new for me. As you know, I'm from Los Angeles, California, West Covina, California. I moved from that state to a whole different state, way across the country to North Carolina. So imagine all them people's lives I walked out of. Imagine when I turned away from. You know, and it's no different with North Carolina. It's no different with anybody. Because for one, I have to make sure I'm okay. Two, my happiness is good. My health is good. Three, I'll try to correct whatever actions I made and have to accept whatever comes after that. So saying that, I want to welcome everybody back. This is episode 42 the last time I was on here and y'all heard from me, it was one year anniversary. I didn't even get to celebrate that the way I planned to with the people that helped me get this far. But they know who they are. Salute to everybody that's been on the podcast. Veronica, Taiko, Isha Mayat, um, Michael X, you know, um, who else? Lala from Hustlers. Lala, my homegirl. Um, Bobby Griffin, my cousin. Just everybody. John Connor from um, Flint, Michigan. I thank all you guys. Every, Each and every last person that's been on these, this podcast and helped me move this thing forward. If I forgot your name, please forgive me. I do smoke. A lot of ganja. So, um, so much done went down, man. Like, as you know, within that year, I was screaming free Bill Cosby. And here we are, episode 42, Bill Cosby is free from jail. He is home with his wife. Charges dropped. Um, I think I want to build on why the charges was dropped. Charges was dropped because they had no reason to lock that man up. 
As anybody and everybody knows, they had no reason to lock this man up. For one, it was multiple relationships with that, the people who was pressing charges. They went back to Bill more than once. Now, if you felt violated the first time, would you go back to a situation that you've been violated in? So that's when you dip into mental health. Because if these women say that what happened to them, that they were violated in a certain way, I would believe, you know, even if you don't go out and press charges because of fear of not being believed, um, it's sad that you went back multiple times because it just looks strange. It wasn't like it was a one-time thing. He violated you and you kept it a secret for this long and decided to press charges. They really had no reason to lock him up. But um, is Bill Cosby an angel? No, he's not no angel because for one, the only thing I think he's guilty of in my eyes is adultery, cheating on his wife. And that's the only thing I can really right now pinpoint that is facts that he actually did was cheating on his wife, but who am I to judge? But yes, that's the only thing that he's guilty of. And that's with his wife who stood, stood with him through this, all of this. She could have took Bill Cosby through hell during this whole situation. Could have made the situation even worse. I think that's what the powers that be that was trying to do this to Bill was trying to do was split that marriage up and have him spend all his money in the courts where they get all that money back into the system. I know you like John Trey, why you say that? Because like these people, the powers to be are in the field, they're in the profession of divide and conquer. They, they divide you from your people, then they come and conquer you. Any type of way, whether it's your character, whatever they wanna do, they're gonna defame your name, your legacy, all of that. And they were gonna attack his generational wealth possibilities so yes they was attacking his pockets with these courts something Tupac rest in peace dealt with why y'all believe Tupac was broke all these things about Pac right basically that's what this episode 42 is gonna be on is my love for Tupac bro and it's not nothing sexual it's just the love like a brother that influenced you, a big brother, you know, that influenced you, that inspired you. Like, he inspired me to do the things that I'm doing right now. But we're going to get into that. I still want to talk about Bill Cosby, you know. Bill Cosby was one of the main black actors that was able to be on primetime television when we weren't on TV like that as black people. He definitely wasn't on TV like that. Bill Cosby had shows before the Bill Cosby show. We all know about the Bill Cosby show, but do you know about the shows that he had before that? That guy gave him the resume to be able to have a sitcom like the Cosby show in his own name. You know? So I want to give you Bill Cosby words. Cause Co the Cosby show, Bill Cosby back, y'all. He back and he living. 
Bill Cosby, July birthday just passed. He celebrated his birthday outside the malls, y'all. His birthday just passed two days ago. Born July 12, 1937. Bill Cosby is 84 years old. 84 years old. Way older than his wife, Camille Cosby, who was born in 1964. Hmm. So... Bill Cosby is home and also on Anchor too, so you know, check that out. Um, shout out to Anchor for giving me the uh, opportunity to do this 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 podcast on their platform. It says, just go to the news from AP News. Bill Cosby freed from prison. His sex conviction overturned. Pennsylvania highest court threw out Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction and released him from prison Wednesday in a stunning reversal of fortune for the comedian once known as America's dad, ruling that the prosecutor who brought the case was bound by his predecessor's agreement not to charge Cosby. Cosby, 83, flashed a V for victory. Now, that's a lie. Bill Cosby flashed the peace sign. I don't know if that's what it was for, victory, but the v, they says V for victory. He threw up the peace sign, signed to a helicopter overhead as he trudged into his suburban Philadelphia home. After serving nearly three years of three years of a three to ten year sentence for drugging and violating Temple University Sports Administrator Andrea Constant. So it says violating. It says drugging, right? In 2004, the former Cosby Show star, the first celebrity tried and convicted in a Me Too era, had the first. He was the first. So Bill Cosby is home. I want to give him a round of applause. <laughs> Happy birthday to Bill Cosby. Shout out to Camille Cosby. A um, lot of things going on. Um, California politics, gang politics. Uh, a lot of killing going on. I think uh, I was gone. I didn't ever address this Nipsey Hussle mural being vandalized. I'm not going to address it. It's too close for comfort. And uh, It's a lot going on right now. A lot of things getting filtered out right now in LA and I just send my prayers out there to the homies be safe stay out the way keep focused stay dangerous you know what I'm saying protect yourself at all times but save yourself from the goofies but yeah man this is episode 42 STC podcast we're gonna dive into the man the legend the goat of this hip-hop shit, Tupac, me against the world. That's my little 38. 21-gun salute. Twenty-one gun salute. So Tupac, in my eyes, in my eyes, 
care what anybody else say, what anybody else think. Tupac, in my eyes, is the GOAT. Why he is the GOAT? Because Tupac came in the era of hip-hop early, as a young one. Tupac was around with Digital Underground. He was part of that movement. Tupac had his own movement. Tupac had the tattoos that you see so frequently now. This is way back in 92, 93. Tupac was in movies. What you see now going on, Tupac made a transition to being a success, successful actor with movies like Juice, Above the Rim. What else, y'all? Poetic Justice. You know, I could keep going on and on about the man's legacy. Everybody knows Tupac. Here we are. He had his birthday last month. Tupac would have been 50 years old. 50 years old, y'all. Imagine Tupac at 50. What would he be doing if he was here today? Imagine the stuff that he would be involved with. The movements he would have probably started. You know? Tupac was that type of dude who didn't give no fucks at all about the police, about the court system, even about this country. He didn't have no filter. He let it be known how he felt. Being raised by the Panthers, you know, Panther baby. Feeney Shakur, let her rest in peace. One of the greatest women I could ever see in my life to go against the court system by herself. Went against the court system by herself and win. Nobody never mentions that. Nobody never acknowledges that. And um, Tupac was just that dude, man. Like everybody loved Tupac. Tupac. Another reason why he's the goat. Tupac had. If you was a black woman in the industry, she had an infatuation for Tupac. There's a picture probably with her, with Tupac. Even Faith Evans came to see Tupac, you know? Everybody knows this to be true in LA. She could say what she wanna say to protect her, her marriage or whatever she was trying to protect. We know the truth. We know the truth. Niggas ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. So um, not only that, Tupac has one of the rawest battle songs ever. I say the number one battle song because it was so hard. It took a minute for Biggie to even respond to it. And we're going to kill this assumptions that Biggie was the angel. Biggie never responded. Biggie responded, bro. The, the, the fact is he responded after Tupac's demise, after Tupac is dead with Long Kiss Goodnight. I want you guys to go listen to that Biggie song, Long Kiss Goodnight. He's talking to Tupac, y'all. He tell you he take two. He want his spot back. Take two. Laugh now, cry later. I rhyme greater. Tupac had the laugh now, cry later tattoo. I ain't mad at you. We ain't mad at you. Come on, who we talking to? Who had the song I ain't mad at you? So he puts out this song after Tupac's demise. And I feel like this song might have been one of the reasons why Biggie's not here. Biggie decided to go to L.A. Biggie in L.A. for a month promoting his album. He's going to every L.A. radio station. 
Biggie gets on the radio station and busts a freestyle, which wasn't a freestyle, which we find out later on was Long Kiss Goodnight. He busts that on the radio. Too soon, Big, too soon. Where he's dissing Pac. He did it cleverly with metaphors and you had to be an MC or somebody who really decodes things like that to really figure that out. Otherwise, it would have went over your head. But I think LA was so hurt at that time about Tupac being gone and felt disrespected on why Biggie come to LA now. Then to hear him on the radio spitting bars where it looks like he's taking shots at Pac while Pac is dead. That's a no-no. That's a no-no in LA. You don't play with the dead. You don't play with our dead. Because once you do that, you open the doors for all hell to break loose on you. Kind of similar to the situation that's going on now with Nipsey Hussle's mural. You don't play with the dead, man. Not the Los Angeles. Not the Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, Biggie. And I'm sorry, Puff, I, I, as you being the manager and the CEO, I feel like, nigga, you should have known better. Yeah, I know you speaking love now, speaking love now, but was you speaking love then? You know what I'm saying? None of this has ever been addressed to you, bro. So you feel like you been, you made it this far, you, you, you made it, you made it through the clear. So you feel like. Man, let me got them turn into love so they'll stop messing with me about this old shit. Because if for real, for real, if you want to get technical, this whole beef, all this shit, all this shit with Death Row versus Bad Boy, not East Coast versus West Coast, Death Row versus Bad Boy started between you and Suge Knight and what happened in Atlanta that night. And I'm only repeating it because it's documented. JD's talking about this. Jermaine Dupri is talking about this. One of Suge Knight's goons get killed. Security get killed. Friend get killed. By one of your peoples, Puff. Why you and Suge Knight arguing in the middle of the street? In Atlanta. At JD's birthday party. So you got to keep it 100, bro. Nobody has ever approached you about this shit. That's why all this Illuminati and all this sacrifice shit is believable because everybody Tupac has mentioned in a diss from All Eyes On Me to Machiavelli, they're all at the top right now. All of them are at the top. All of them are at the top. Except for my Deep, but my Deep was mentioned. Yeah, I mean, my Deep, you know, you know what happened with that, but none of them. Everybody up. Jay-Z's at the top. Diddy's at the top. Just keep naming them. Nas, even though he squashed the beef with Nas. Nas is at the top with Jay-Z. So it's all about knowing what's real. You know? Knowing exactly what is real. I live through this, y'all. I live through this, y'all. I lived through this, y'all. I seen it for myself. The temperature where everything was at at that time. Nah, we didn't fuck with Bad Boy. We didn't fuck with nobody from the East Coast being from the West Coast. It was certain ones that we fucked with, but the way we felt, you know, you had Pac, 
had his mission. Pac told you in the music who he was beefing with. It's not about East or West. He said that. He said it. The media blew that shit up on some COINTELPRO shit. Trying to take both the artists away. Trying to take really both labels away. I really don't think that's what was the plan, was to take both labels away. Puffy made an agreement. Puffy knew exactly what he was doing because he went and got the enemy to the Mont Pie rules in Compton as his protection. You know? He got them Crips, PVD, them boys. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and. I know people would get mad, but I love Tupac, bro. I just got to keep it 100. Tupac's not here because of his loyalty. Tupac was a loyal nigga. If you proved yourself to Tupac that you had him, nigga, that's somebody you can count on. You'll never had a friend like him. He got a song called that. You never had a friend like me. Suge knew that. That's why Suge was loyal to him. All these rumors about Suge had him set up. Ain't nobody about to sit in a fucking car. If I put a hit on you, I'm not going to be in that fucking car with you, nigga. I'm not about to take the chances of being grazed by a bullet just to knock off another nigga. Nah, man, he could have easily been did that if that's how he felt about Pac. He could have paid a junkie to do that shit. That shit wouldn't have happened where it happened at. So just get the facts right, y'all, all you bloggers out there. I love what y'all doing. I love that y'all keeping Tupac name alive. But y'all got to get your facts straight, bruh. Y'all got to ask the right questions, bruh. Y'all be in front of Snoop. Don't nobody address why Snoop and Tupac fell out. Yeah, it was because Snoop Dogg did some game shit. You know what game did to 50 when 50 was beefing with everybody in New York? And gang go on the radio and say he fuck with all the niggas that 50 don't fuck with. That's what Snoop Dogg did. That's what Snoop Dogg did. That's what Snoop Dogg did. He went on the radio after. And this is after them niggas shot up his trailer in New York. Shot up the Dog Pound trailer. And Biggie sent the hit out on that. So you gonna go on their radio station and say you fuck with Biggie, you fuck with them niggas? Yeah, Tupac was angry at you, my dog. Come on, Snoop. You know that? That was a no-no. But you know you was mad. You was all with it when to, to get Tupac out, but you didn't know Tupac Impact was going to hit like that, Snoop. You was the king of death row. You was the king of the coast. Until Tupac got out of jail. Out on bail, first out of jail, California dreaming. Then when he came in, you kind of got moved to the back. You didn't like that, huh? Your main producer decides to leave. You didn't like that, huh? And why you only on one song if you fuck with Tupac so hard? You fuck with Tupac so hard. All them records that Tupac got done within a month, within two weeks, a record. A record of getting three albums done and shit. Yeah, three albums done within a month. Why you only on one song, my dog? I know you on the soundtrack, the grit, like all that. I know all of that. I heard that. Against the party too. But why is that the only thing you own, my G? I have to ask these questions because y'all niggas not addressing shit. Because I lived through this. 
I was a fan on the outside looking in. I was Team West Coast. I had everything. I even bought that weak ass dog father album, bruh. Snoop upside your head. I bought that shit. Cause I was Team West Coast, Team Death Row. But then it wasn't all what it cracked up to be, was it, Snoop? To get Tupac out of jail since you said you was the reason why. I'm not saying you ain't, but it seems like once he got out, you weren't with it. Seem a lot of jealousy, man. There's too many pictures of you and him together. Them last days, Tupac at the music awards, the music awards in New York. You looking like on some hateful shit, bro. On some spiteful shit. You ain't looking like you witty. Yeah, you might have been high, but it seemed like a lot of animosity you had up under that hat and that perm, dog. Uncle Snoop. And look what Snoop at. Snoop at the top right now. <laughs> Everybody Tupac before his death that he beef with is at the top. Should say a lot. Should say a lot. I know you said you went to the hospital before he died, and then Feeney said he forgive you and he loved you. Yeah, that might be true, but you heard him, bro. You heard him when you chose sides like that, bro. In New York. Why he in New York? That was disrespectful, Snoop. And I'm going to just say allegedly. Allegedly. See, none of y'all address none of this, these rumors because y'all weren't there, bloggers. Y'all weren't around. Y'all weren't alive. Y'all went off the porch. Y'all didn't know people that was behind the scenes back then. My sister best friend was a dancer for BBD. We got a lot of info back then. I ain't saying she said it, but we heard a lot of things. Allegedly, it was said once Snoop got off the radio station in New York after saying he fucked with Biggie, them and friends and all of that, yada, 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 yada. When he came and approached Tupac, for the sound check, for the music awards. It was said that Tupac walked up on him and slapped the shit out of you. I'm gonna say allegedly, but that was the rumor. I'm talking about back then when it happened, that was a rumor in the streets of LA. Everybody know the Dog Pound was beefing with the outlaws. Dog Pound was beefing with Tupac and his entourage because everybody got pushed to the back. It was a lot of animosity they had for Pac once he got out, but they, they had to love him because he was making it pop. He was still holding the torch, Death Row torch up. Death Row still was eating, Death Row still was having fun. But that was the rumor back then, allegedly. That Tupac walked up on Snoop Dogg and slapped him. The reason why when he had to ride that plane back by himself with Suge and Tupac, and the goons, he had to sleep with the fork and the butter knife in his hand because he didn't know if it was going to keep going left. Rest in peace to Nate Dogg was a real one. Nate Dogg was trying to squash all that shit. Nate Dogg was around, he wasn't going to allow none of that. Nate Dogg probably would have pulled out. He defended his brother, Snoop, a lot of times in that studio. It's a lot of shit that I could say on here that that allegedly happened that y'all don't even talk about y'all talk about all the goofy shit about the bad boy shit but what about the internal beef inside death row 
the Crips and Bloods that was on death row. And then you got Tupac and he bring his, his, his New Jersey boys through there that don't bang. But they riding with Pac who ride with Shook. Y'all don't mention nothing about that. The Dog Pound versus Shook. <laughs> Dads be trying to let y'all in on some of that. Y'all need to pay attention. That's why I really want Shook to get out. Or Nick Cannon need to go ahead and get that documentary done. Because you need to hear it from the horse's mouth. But Tupac was the greatest rapper ever. Dead or alive. Ever. Jay-Z know that. That's why Jay-Z had to borrow the song. All I need in my life is sin. That means bruh was listening to the Machiavelli album, bruh. Don't get it twisted, bruh. It's me against the world right now. Tupac took on the world, nigga. The reason why he the greatest rapper ever. This nigga gets shot. Two days later, he take himself out the hospital, goes to court, gets sentenced for, for sodomy. I'm going to say rape. All you New York niggas saying, screaming rape. Oh, he a rapist, he a rapist. Y'all was talking all that shit while he was locked up. Then you want to say he was tripping and bugging out when he got out. <laughs> y'all niggas funny. Goofy shit back then. Ed Lover. All y'all was on that goofy shit, Q-tip. Yeah. Talking mad shit about the West Coast and you want to know why a group like West Side Connection was made, which Tupac wished had beef with Ice Cube over that because he was like, this is me while I'm going through my shit with Bad Boy and shit. You feeding into the media with this West Coast, East Coast shit. Allegedly. But that's facts, though. Ice Cube might have not known it, but that's what Pac was thinking. Like, why would you do that while I'm going through this? We trying to kill that East Coast, West Coast. I got love. I'm from the East Coast. So I got love for them. It would never be fuck the East Coast. It was fuck bad boy as a record label staff. You know what I'm saying? Crew. If you was down with bad boy, it was fuck you too. That's what Tupac said. He addressed everything, everybody that had something disrespectful to say while he was locked, locked up. Suge Knight happened to be a real nigga. Even though Snoop influenced Suge to go do that. Suge knew what was going on because Suge had ties in New York. He knew what the fuck was going on. And he didn't probably like that. He probably said, that ain't gangster. That ain't real. Y'all wait till the man get locked up and want to talk shit about it, nigga. The nigga had the number one album on Billboard, Me Against the World, the name of this, this episode. One of the greatest albums ever made, Me Against the World. Where you got Dear Mama. You got cry so many tears. You know what I'm saying? Like, so many songs on that album. He had the number one album, Why Serving Time in Prison. Come on, y'all. That would make him the GOAT. Number one album. So you mean to tell me, if he got the number one album, Interscope, Jimmy Iovine, since you and Dre say Jimmy was the one to go get pot, nigga. If he has the number one album, you mean to tell me you couldn't go put that two million up for him? You said you did, but I don't believe you because it probably was already his money that he was going to get on the back end. On the back end. If he owned his rights. On the back end, Jimmy. Number one album. Why serve in prison? 
Y'all don't want to give the black man credit for going to do that. Y'all don't want to give Suge credit for going to do that. And being smart about going to do that. Because it was very valuable for you guys. In the scope. Tupac being out of prison. Because once he hit. All hell broke loose. And the money was flowing for Interscope. The money was flowing for Death Row. Which was probably what? Worth 200, 300 million at the time? A quarter million? When Pac got out already? Just with Dre and Snoop? Tupac pushed that shit up. And let's just tell the truth. Bad Boy was copying everything Death Row was doing. Sampling the old school shit. Like Dre do. Dre been doing that since N.W.A. Y'all sampling the old school shit. Biggie was on some partying bullshit. Then he went and talked to Pac. Pac gave him the uh, one more chance ideas. You need to cater to the women. You need to have a song for the women. Song for the radio. This is the vice out of Biggie's mouth. Well, Tupac's the greatest rapper ever, bro. I know what Jay-Z done did, but Jay-Z, he got some strikes against him, but I fuck with Jay-Z. Jay-Z number two. But Tupac, 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 greatest rapper alive, greatest rapper ever, greatest rapper ever, really? ever, ever. Y'all need to know that. Y'all need to know that. Y'all need to know that. You hear me? Y'all need to know that. I'm not never gonna change that. Well, let's hear from Tupac. Let's hear from Tupac. Let's hear some shit from Tupac. Let's see. My nigga was political. He, he, he stayed true to himself at all times, y'all. Tupac stayed true to himself at all times. Don't never let them tell you different. What made him gangster? We know what made Tupac a gangster? That niggas this to, to this day ain't did. Tupac came to the aid of a brother he didn't even know. With some off-duty cops. Ended up shooting both the cops. And didn't get charged with anything. He actually won the case. Didn't get charged with anything. That's what make him gangster, bro. That he would put his he would put his life on the line for somebody he don't even know. Somebody he don't even know, y'all. Don't even know. Tupac did that. So I'm trying to find some of this, some of these things. I'm gonna get to it. Hold on, I just synced it. But we just want to hear some some words from Tupac. Can I do that for y'all? Can we put some words for Tupac out there for y'all? Huh? Can I do that? Can I do that? All right, righteous. Righteous. This is February 17, 
That's punk ass Danny Boy. Danny Boy who was gay on death row. That's right. The ride is what we do. This is Tupac. Press and the media make you think that a black man arming himself is illegal or criminal, or that he wants to arm himself to rob a liquor store or something. You know what I'm saying? That is for me to defend myself, and it should always be. It's just about surviving, you know? And we have to be honest about the tools that we use to survive. And why is a black life um, any... They don't put the same security in the ghetto that they do in the whites and in the, in the white neighborhoods. So therefore, for me to be out here saying, don't, you know, put your guns down and no violence, that's hypocritical. And if I didn't talk about the violence, everybody would act like the violence wasn't there. We, as rappers, brought that violence. We, we brought the, the violence that we seen on the street, we put in our records, put in our records for years. And after three, four years, people finally starting to see it because of all the statistics that's going on in the streets. If we stopped talking about it, then they wouldn't take statistics. And when they stopped taking statistics, then we'd be killing each other in the street and these white people wouldn't care no more. All the people, they, only reason they care is because, you know, there's been some strays and we just slipped over in the white neighborhoods and there's kids in Iowa that want to be like us. You know what I'm saying? There's kids in, in Indiana that's trying to be like us because they can relate too. You know what I'm saying? You even admit it. I don't live in that neighborhood anymore. There's no real reason for you to carry a 9 millimeter. Don't believe that. Why? And in two years, I've had a gun pulled on me by my limo driver, by police, by everybody. You know what I'm saying? And I better be. I better be. You know what I'm saying? I've been attacked. You ain't read the papers about these skinheads trying to blow up black churches. Why? They see me as the enemy just like y'all do. You know what I'm saying? They can come to my house and sit outside my house just like anybody else can. A skinhead. And once my life is gone, it's gone. Can't nobody give it back to me. Not the judge, not the president, not the governor, not Calvin Butts, not Jesse Jackson. They can't do nothing but come to my funeral and talk pretty about how black people suffer. You understand? And as far as Jesse Jackson, my first acting job was at the Apollo Theater when Jesse Jackson was running for president in 1984. It hurts me for him to say anything negative about any rapper because we supported him. He should support us. You know what I'm saying? As far as his image, you know what I'm saying? What was he? What was he doing? You know, he should be the last person talking about gun violence when he sat right there while Martin Luther King caught one in the neck. You know what I'm saying? Things ain't really changed that much. I swear to God, nothing I ever say is meant to be... Um, Something where innocent people get hurt. Nothing I ever say is meant to be like a end all, let's go do it right now. Nothing. Everything I ever say, and if, if, if any, this is so we can set it clear, anything I ever say as it pertains to, um, to, to my peers and, and, and um, being strapped is only in self-defense. You know what I'm saying? Because my, right now where I'm at, the world is harsh. And I just don't got no beautiful stories. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just be getting them ready. Because that's why I think I messed up. If somebody would have grabbed me, pulled me to the side, and been like, look, Tupac, as soon as you step out here, they're going to be at you. If somebody would have explained it to me, I wouldn't have took the same mistakes. But I made those mistakes. And that was my job to stop somebody else from making those same mistakes. To lay it out. To lay out the real map on the world. And how it is. So that was Tupac the Great. Machiavelli Don. Basically was um 
You heard him say something about the shit that he was going through when he was here as a young man. Tupac was no, Tupac died at the age of what, 25? He was young. So when he was in the industry at an early age, 21, he was a youngster. And going through it, so many court cases. Niggas want to say Tupac was broke because Shook Knight had all his money, wouldn't give him his money. That's false. If you're an artist, you know now, once you have put an album out, you know you're not getting your money right then and there unless you sign a 360 deal and get fronted the money. Tupac had to wait a year. He wasn't even on death row for a year. It was six months, yo. Six months. <laughs> Should gave him everything that he needed. Should took care of all them pending court cases that he had before he went to prison. Tupac had mad cases, bro, he was facing. So think about all the money spent just alone in court. The lawyers that he had, Johnny Cochran's that he had, you know? Same thing as Snoop Dogg. Snoop says, should owe the money, nigga. You, he put up 10 mil for that murder case. You ain't had 10 mil yet, bro. <laughs> Snoop, you didn't have 10 mil yet. You didn't have 2 mil yet, but Tupac was the GOAT, bro. Because he would talk about political things. As you heard what he said, Jesse Jackson and the Dolores Tuckers were bashing Tupac instead of trying to pull him aside and talk to Tupac. You feel what I'm saying? Just talk to the brother. He was young, bruh. He was young. We make mistakes at a young age. We kids. We still learning about this corrupted country. Which Tupac already knew about it. He was an outlaw. He was an outlaw, y'all. He was an outlaw. When you get that in your head, that that's what he was and that's what he represented, that's what he meant as a thug, meaning to buck the system by any means necessary, buck that system. Buck that system, all y'all going along with it. Y'all going along with it. Everything that they gave us to kill each other, y'all going along with it. There's some more Tupac. Because that's where I got the game at, you know what I'm saying? Coming out of New York, I always learned about flavor and different shit like that. Not to diss New York, I learned a lot, but I never knew the game. I never learned the game. And when I went to Baltimore, I didn't learn the game. Nobody ever took the time to show me the game. When I got to Oakland, that's when I learned the game. That's when I just... Nah, nigga, the game. It's not even one person. The game is just in. It's in me. It was in me. Somebody just awoke it. Somebody just woke it up inside me, you know what I'm saying? Like the, like a religion. And I just saw it. And I saw it in Oakland. And I saw it living in Oakland. I saw it thriving in Oakland. I just saw everybody being about the game. The first time I saw all niggas thinking about one thing, the game. And they all follow one rule, the game, the rules of the game. And that's, that was never in no other city I lived in. So I give all my love to Oakland. If I'm going to claim somewhere, I'm going to claim Oakland. Even if I don't live there. I live in L.A. now, but I'm going to still claim Oakland. That's where it gave me the game. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a resident, you know what I'm saying? You copping his collar and everything back then. You know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. It's like they got the whole little revolution of music that's coming out. Niggas that's rapping from their heart. They not taking nobody else's style. They just doing it. Is that strong enough, though? Yeah, that's that's all it take, nigga. That's all it take is for a motherfucker to be original. And that's where everybody be biting from. You know what I'm saying? That's what gave me the game, I just told you. So everything I do, you could give it to Oakland. My man hold. So Tupac. 
said give all his props to Oakland. Oakland made him. Oakland gave him the game. You also heard on there him say he got love for New York. That's where he's from. But they never gave him the game. He also lived in Baltimore. But they never gave him the game. It wasn't until he returned back to where the Black Panthers were birthed at. In Oaktown. Oakland. Tupac was able to learn that Oaktown business. He was able to move. He was able to change his style up. He was able to be popular. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he had to do. He got the game. Not only did he get the game, he gave the game out to the youngins. He gave the game out. He gave the game out to Biggie. When Biggie was on that party and bullshit. Party and bullshit and party and bullshit. That shit. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Notorious Big is the great MC, one of the greatest spitters. But when it came to just albums, I'm gonna say this, and this is just my opinion. You play Me Against the World today and listen to it sonically, and then listen, then listen to uh, Ready to Die. Here's more of Tupac in 1995, a day before my birthday. How's Dr. Dre just stopped by? The Dr. The Dre. successful rapper producers to ever be in the rap game doing your thing. Tupac now, looking like he don't even want to fuck album. with this nigga Dre. So tell us a little bit what you know what you contributed to uh, I did two songs for the album. Um, single California Love. Be out the first of the year, I guess, whenever. Mm. And um, you can't see me. You can't see me as another song did on there. It's featuring George Clinton. Oh, no, you yeah. didn't. Dr. Dre look uncomfortable. Yeah, it up. Oh, George Clinton. Oh, my. It's Tupac look like he don't want to be there. No doubt about that. Yeah. Well, right now, we're going to represent this video from the DPG. Yeah. These fellas are doing work. All right? We got Daz Corrupt. Nate Dogg, Snoop up in the house. So you go, check it out. Yeah. I'm my man, my man Tupac in here. Now, I know people look at the outcome. They look at, like, okay, you see this record. They don't know what goes behind in the studio, how y'all get in there. Tell us a little bit about the studio, when, how you get prepared to go in the studio. Go ahead. Jay said, Pop, bring your frail ass in the studio. Nah. I said, all right. <laughs> nah. Nah. How's it work out, though? How y'all went in there? Uh, and I'm going to tell you, man, honestly, it's a sight to see Dr. Dre in the studio. You know, I'm going to tell you. Tupac even threw a shot at Dre in his face. He got his own studio at home. He don't even kick it with regular rappers in the studio. Right. So I walk in the studio and Dre up in there, music bumping, George Clinton coming out there. He turned the music down and go, can you write to this? <laughs> Security, can I write to this? Is you crazy? And I'm in there doing my thing, and I couldn't. I had to do it. I was in the booth. He's like, "Are you ready? Do your vocals." I had to stop and go, "Dre, you do not know how long I waited to get in this booth." And I have Dre out there going, "You ready? Are you, you ready? know what I mean? Yeah. I waited all my life for that. So straight out of Compton, you know what I mean? To find that that man to look at me and go, "Okay." I like that one. We're going to keep that. We're going we to keep it. How much? How much? I mean, you know what I mean? Is that hard for you to No, lie? man. I mean, it was, it was dope, man. Because um, usually, not, usually I do a track or something. This shit is hilarious, yo. Just knowing what I know. Man, Pac went in there. And the looking at this on, now, in 2021, seeing the body language, like that. it's all hilarious, y'all. So that's cool, man. That saved you a lot of trouble. 
Because you'll be sitting in the studio sometimes hours upon hours and writers yeah. can't write. They just say, I can't. Man, if y'all can see Tupac's face being next to Dre, you see Dre looking uncomfortable. Tupac called Dre frail to his face. Bring your frail ass to the studio is what Tupac said. But um, he also let it be known Dre never in the studio. He got his own studio at his own house. He don't kick it with the regular rappers. But it's so much stuff, so much going on. So much going on at that time. All the animosity. You know? This is Tupac at the awards that that night. That day I said, seemed like your boy slapped Snoop. California love. How y'all like this uh, Versace with the, the swap meet was closed, so you know I go all out for the Grammys. <laughs> y'all down with this? We gonna try to liven it up. You know how the Grammys used to be all straight looking folks with suits, everybody looking tired, no surprises. We tired of that. We need something different, something new. We need to shock the people. So let's shock the people. Tupac presenting the awards at the Grammys. Tupac actually got to go to the Grammys, y'all. Like, it's so much stuff, so much history in this shit, you know? Hootie and her blowfish beat TLC at the Grammys for waterfalls. Crazy, right? Crazy. Tupac is the GOAT. And you have to know that Tupac had a lot of pain in his heart. One of my favorite songs called Pain. The reason why Tupac is the GOAT. Again, this is my opinion. Can't nobody change this. He's number one overall, everybody. Tupac, when he wrote a song and put it out there, you felt it. You knew it was real. You felt it in your soul, in your spirit. Sort of like a DMX song. You felt it in your spirit. In your soul, 
that's what's lacking right now in today's music right now. I don't feel it. It make it make they make feel good music. Music for you to dance to. But where's the musicians that talks to the soul, to the spirit? Here's, here's the late great Afeni Shakur. remember that my great-grandmother was a slave my grandmother was a sharecropper my mother was a factory worker and i was a legal worker do you understand and so this is the this represents the first time in our life in our memory ever that we have been able to enjoy the american dream and that's what tupac but now, five months after her son's murder, with Tupac's music continuing to bring in tens of millions of dollars, and the movie he starred in, Gridlock, getting great reviews, Afeni Shakur says she has made a startling discovery about all the millions her son thought he had earned. I discovered he had next to zero next to nothing i discovered that the home that he had thought that he had just bought was not his in a gangster rap version of an old hollywood story promise remember that my promise that every time you see tupac you see a real human being you will see my ups and my downs you know what i'm saying anybody that could cheer me they got to learn how to say, you know, you got to fix that or to criticize me because, I mean, I'm a 20-year-old young black male. I was raised in this society, so there's no way you can expect me to be a perfect person because I was raised in, you know, H-E-L-L. So, I mean, it's, it's a wonder I'm not crazy, you know, that I can still have an interview and do songs and do videos. So I don't even want nobody to sweat me for that. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's how I feel. I'm going to do whatever I like. See? This is one of those old-time mics, you understand what I'm saying? So, it's like we're going back in time, if you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you know what I'm saying, like, back to the future. That type of thing. Good dog. Good. Yeah. Hey, Tupac. Okay. Well, why don't we start with what we're doing today? All right. Which is? If my homies call. <laughs> if my homies call, it's basically this video we're doing today. It was like a long time coming. I wanted to release this song first, but Trapped was a, it was a purpose for Trapped. There was a purpose for Brenda's Got a Baby, and there was a purpose for If My Homies Called. So what I wanted to do was really build, let everybody know who I was with Trapped and what I was down for, the young black male. With Brenda's Got a Baby, I want to let everybody to know that while I'm down for the young black male, that also includes the young black sister, because she gave us the young black male. So now with If My Homies Call, I'm just telling everybody, no, regardless of, of this juice movie and poetic justice and no matter what happens I'm still the same person that, that you saw when you first saw me we're gonna um, just do this on the stage this white dude's like one of those snooty snotty clubs they won't let us in we sneak in through the back um, the performance this is Tupac right. being a director Jump of his own video Y'all gonna jump on stage and the man gonna give you the signal and you just gonna grab the dude from off the stage. You ain't gonna hurt him, but you just gonna snatch his ass. Harry Connick ain't got nothing on me, check it. Oh, stay with me. How could I be sure? Hey, hey Mike, it's time to time. Who's the and I never thought I'd be saying that, even when I'm making a funky video. I, 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 I hate dancing. I do. I really do. I don't dance at clubs. I hate it. 
<laughs> but it's like homies cause a whole different vibe. It's like you can be my homie. I don't care if you white, black, Mexican, whatever. You know, obviously, I'm saying I'm down for for real OGs.
And to me, that's what a gangster is. I mean, that's what they're trying to be revolutionary. They just don't know that word, so they say gangster. Because a gangster really don't have a gun. He got money. You know what I'm saying? So if you, you want to be revolutionary, you can't be a revolutionary and not love the people. I can't go out there and say it's all about the, the, the young black males and not love them. You know, but we got to love our sisters. We got to be down for each other. That's priority. So yeah, man, Tupac was telling you like he didn't want to put it out there that his background was Black Panthers. He said he wanted y'all to research. That's amazing. He's trying to teach people how to go and research, find out things for themselves, to open up a book. Because back in the day, we didn't have Google. So now, the youth today, I'm gonna tell y'all to do your research. Go Google Tupac before you decide to say he's not this and he's not that. You heard his definition, definition of a gangster is a revolutionary. That was intelligent because at that time, gangster rap had a bad rap a bad rap in the political parties. Jesse Jackson was going after him, all of that. You heard what he said in the um, conversation before about Jesse Jackson. How you gonna talk about guns and our music and stuff like that when, what did you do when you was right there next to Martin Luther King getting gunned down? Which is real shit. To this day, it's real shit. Real shit. Here's a, a another video of Tupac at the MTV Music Awards, September 4th, 1996, two days before he got shot. That's good. And this is the video I was talking about. Snoop Dogg looked like he had a lot of, just looked like he wasn't feeling. You lost best rap video. You'd all disappointed about that? Oh, no, I didn't lose, see, because I sold six and a half million copies. So he won. I won. When all these famous people get together, what's the one thing you take away? Is everybody much shorter than you thought? I know a lot of people find Snoop and say, you know, six foot four, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. But do people seem shorter? There's a lot of attitude going on. What do you, what's the one thing you take away? Oh, it's a lot of attitude, of course, because nobody thought we would show up here. But, you know, we, we always feel like we're keeping it real, not from scratch that. We always felt like we're being true to everything we've always stayed yeah, exactly. representing. And our audience is worldwide. We're not even on no, you know, we coming out here and there's some East Coast, West Coast. We got beef with the people we got beef with. But we could go anywhere in the country because we are America's most wanted. Exactly. So can't stop the flow. Can't stop what America wants. Um, right. On that note, I know that Biggie and Puffy are here tonight. Um, did you see them? Do you have anything to say to them at all? Nah, but if we even if we saw them, we not we are businessmen. We are not animals. It's not like we're gonna see them and rush them and jump on them. If they they see us and they want the drama, we gonna definitely bring it like only Dev Row could bring it. But we here as businessmen to enjoy and, 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 and support the and video support music the video awards. music awards for MTV because they support us. So if they want to come and use this business opportunity to get on some gangster, you know we do that better than anybody. Can you envision a day when you know? Y'all, if not, get together and make an album, just peace, peacefully coexist. There's no dream of making an album with Biggie and Puffy or none of them. We're not sweating it like that. This is our we, family. We over peacefully here. coexist right now because right. we all cool. Everybody's here. Everybody's they make they sell records. We sell records. Well, I guess you could call that selling records. What they do, we sell large amounts of records, and they sell a few records. And really, there's no 
it's no competition. People are really making too much out of it than it is. It's really just, if you want to talk, we're going to make it specific as to what you can talk about and what you can't talk about. And the East Coast, West Coast thing is something that the journalists and people are making up just to get paid off it so it can drag out. So they're perpetuating it so it could be drama, which I still love MTV, but when it all go down, don't look at me and Biggie and be like, why is there a big East Coast, West Coast war when you're, you're shooting this to 30, 300 homes, 300 countries, telling them about an East Coast, West Coast war that they would never know exists. So that's where information becomes a problem. When and if it did, if be, it, if it did exist, if it did exist, Park, we wouldn't be here. So right, and if it exists, you know how we're going to be sitting in New York talking about it? We'll try to be better um, role models, and y'all trying to stop putting that drama out there. You got, you got a lot of power, a lot of responsibility. We both do. We both need to exercise greater restraint. That was Tupac's last interview on TV. Tupac's last interview on TV. And even though allegedly I said what I said about him and Snoop Dogg having a little squabble, the thing is, when the cameras came on, Tupac knew how to be a businessman so the business could continue. <laughs> but to hear him say and address the East Coast, West Coast war that the media created, you know, he said it wouldn't exist if y'all wouldn't push it out there. So now you got other countries thinking it's an East Coast, West Coast war. And what Snoop Dogg said is, if it was really beef, we wouldn't be there. Because it was in New York City. It was in New York City. <laughs> it says a lot. It says a lot. That's why he's the greatest rapper ever, bro. Y'all can't tell me nothing different, bro. They made a hologram of it. You know, he made songs like Brenda Got a Baby. He always addressed the black woman. Tupac was also an actor. You know? It's things that just... It's things that all you guys, everybody, I persuade y'all to go look. Yes, and Tupac... I had to laugh, now cry later, tattoo. He was my yacht, balance. He knew how to accept both his evil side and his good. This is one of them. I beat up the directors to minister the side. Let me tell the whole world. All right, tell All right. them why you did with that. Eat, chump, punk, slump, you know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 hey. You all have a chance to come here and rebuttal. No, they don't. They better come now. Check this out. They fired me, but did it in a roundabout punk snitch way. So I caught them on the streets and beat they behind. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like, I was a menace to the E-Brothers. And it ain't over. I still got more than the truck. I'm going to jump to the TV. I'm going to jump to the TV. My big mouth. This is 1994. Pac on Arsenio. Yeah, yeah, you know? Same dude. But she was enjoying life, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, all about. I I, I saw him the other day, and I and uh, we we threw a little love at each other because we're both going through a lot right now. Yeah. We go way back, man. First time you were here, you were there's no underground. Mm -hmm. And um, same gang when you had um, all the oh, gang. Yeah, yeah. I was here for that. 
came up on the show a few times. We, we had our ups and downs, but I think right now we had the best part that you and I could ever get to. Like when I saw you on the, on the street, what I wanted to tell you is what, what you did with Farrakhan was so great because we haven't been as supportive of you as we could have been. When I say we, I mean, you know, the rappers and the young black crowd. And when you did that, it was just like you made us shut up. You know what I'm saying? All this time you said, we do not see you going to do something. You did like three different things at one time. And I was like, eh. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I never understood the lack of support because I'm the only show that ever put rappers on. But we don't see it like that. We, oh. It's the way they get us like crabs in a bucket. We see one black man coming up having his own show, and we want to be on your show. We want to be on your show when we first come out. Think you know how young yeah. rap is. I want to be when I first come out. Yeah, yeah. But of course you can't, so I go and I'm saying with yeah, yeah but it took time for me to really see what this business is about, you know, how you have your ups and downs in the valleys and your mountains, you gotta just dig deep with all that. And I feel it, man. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm glad you and Mike are talking, man. Can you talk anything to them about that? Well, um, Tyson had been calling me from from the before all the trouble. He was calling me just to say, you know, I wish I was out while you was out. <laughs> like, I heard how you, I heard you party, man. I want to be out there partying with you. giving me a lot of advice. You know, I really look, look up to him something hard. You know what I'm saying? So for him to tell me to calm down, I was like, ooh, it's time to calm down. And Mike Tyson is telling me that he heard about me from jail. Yeah. Calm down. I'm like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, when, when you get like drunk, it's you going, look, man, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. He gave you good advice, I assume. Real good advice, and I appreciate it. You know, and I, I wonder if the judge and all of them know, you know, while he's in jail, they saying he's a bad guy. He's steady telling me to stay out of trouble. He's steady telling me to. Get, get, get everything right back together because he could have told me anything you know i went to the jailhouse and everything and he gave me a lot of good advice i appreciate it okay um i'll ask you all the questions i think um your fans and friends want to know anything that you can't answer you just stop me because i know tomorrow is the arraignment i get sentenced tomorrow okay yeah. okay so so you you tell me when your lawyers have asked you to stop um the girl who claims that um, what, what what she claim? Can't even say, it, man. Okay, okay. Um, but it's a it's a it's can't say, it, but okay. <laughs> it just bothers me so much. You know what I'm saying? To go through my life and everything I did in my life, coming out of a family and a household with just women, mm -hmm. to get to this point to have a woman mm -hmm. said I took something from her. You know what I'm saying? Because I know. Okay. Word on the street is that you had a relationship with this prior to all this friction. I guess you can say that's a relationship. I bumped in a club. You know, I seen her oh. in a club. Mm -hmm. And um, something happened in the club that I can't say over there, but something that... Okay, let, let's use the clinical term. Um, word on the street? <laughs> okay, word that, on the street. Yeah, word on the street that there was oral copulation. Yeah, she performed oral sex on the dance floor. Uh -huh. Now, it's a lot of guys out there that can say what they what they wouldn't do and what they would do when it happens. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. It just goes yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? And it's really... You know, and, and everybody want to be my, you know, it's just cool, but it happens. Bad things happen, man. It's like when you're in this position and it's, and with the lights and the cameras and everything, people do some crazy things. And I do crazy things, too, you know? So, but I paid for that. I paid yeah. for, for enjoying that little moment. Because, uh... <laughs> okay, but, but wait a minute. Let's not get this... Let's not get this mixed up with the rape situation. That was separate. That's separate in the club. Yeah. Then the same female, like about three days... This is Tupac on Arsenio Hall. 
talking about his case. You know, she came allegedly the rape case. She, she yeah. filed a charge against me and said that I did so and so and so and so. Right. Now, even though, you know, I couldn't come up and say what her name is, I can't even say the woman who's charging me, even though she said Tupac Shakur. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If I say her name, they can sue me. That's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? So I just got to take the case and go to court. Now, even though the court, for that case, now that's not two years. Family. 
outside to drive by why do we die at an early age he was victim of the 12 days and i ain't going back to court I'm just giving y'all little snippets of why Tupac is the GOAT. You name a rapper that talks like that. You name a rapper that could hold his own in an interview like that. Do you know? Do you know? It's just... Tupac got the first Source Awards before he got locked Thank up. God. Second of all, I'd like to thank my whole entire Defo family on both sides, you know what I'm saying? I'd like to tell Tupac to keep his guards up. We ride with him. And one other thing I'd like to say, any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, coming death row. Sets over there. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right. 
tell me the concept of from doing this thing then um we got close and close and when he did natural born killers he, was, he told me he wanted me to do a cameo so i did a cameo in that and then i joined death row so now it's all good tell me a little bit about the director that's doing this video today hi yeah he's good he's real good he's one of the best right now out there in the field he's one of the best i was glad we got him when you and Drace first started talking about this um, concept of doing California Love, is it something that you guys, did you correspond when you were in jail at all? Or nah, guys... I came out and it was all hot and ready. All I had to do was do my rap, come out here and get dusty. They told me the idea for the video, I was like, that is the bomb. I'll be there. He said, it's going to take three days. I was like, wait. He's like, it's in the dirt. I was like, hold it. He's like, and you're going to be in tight leather and spikes. And I was like, uno momento. But then after everything, I took it. So I hope it works out. I hope everybody like it. Please like it, because I'm not dressing up like this no more. trying to get out get out of here one night because there's no lights or nothing up and we're trying to get out of the desert trying to find a road and the main road looks like this so we were lost for about an hour but it's cool it'll be worth it once we see it back oh no that's the last thing we can't blow up the, the, the set until we're done <laughs> that's gonna be the massive thing a lot of people get main performance is there. Where we going? We walking over there? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Tupac and Dr. Dre and a set of California love, man. Um, yeah, man, I'm just giving y'all a little insight. You know, on the real, real Tupac, bro. Tupac got movies. Tupac got awards. Tupac got Diamond albums, <laughs> Tupac, bro. Court cases, Tupac went through the ringer, bro. This is Tupac getting stopped by the police. This press conference to announce that I have filed a $10 million claim against two Oakland police officers and the city of Oakland on behalf of Tupac. The police officer stopped me on the sidewalk. They sweated me about my name. They were charging me with jaywalking. The officers said, you are not above the law. You have to learn your place. Put my hand out to get the citation. Next thing I know, my face was being buried into the concrete and I was laying face down in the gutter, waking up from being unconscious in cuffs with blood on my face. And I'm going to jail for resisting arrest. But think about it, if you stop in the streets, if you show your ID and you still getting sweated because of your name, my name makes me a criminal. It's about me being a young black male and I was lynched in broad daylight and then taken to jail for that. Good morning. Uh, my name is John Burris and I am here today with my client uh, Tupac Amor Shakir. 
as well as other members of the uh, digital underground uh, rap group and some members of the digital uh, underground uh, rap group, a combination of the various um, groups. Basically, I walked across the street, 17th and Broadway. The police officer stopped me on the sidewalk and asked to see my ID. They sweated me about my name. The officers said, you have to learn your place. They were charging me with jaywalking. So I was riffing, arguing about why would they charge me with such a petty crime. So I kept yelling, asking to give me my citation and let me go about my business. Next thing I know, my face was being buried into the concrete and I was laying face down in the gutter, waking up from being unconscious in cuffs with blood on my face and I'm going to jail for resisting arrest. That's harassment to me, that I have to be stopped in the middle of the street and checked like we're in South Africa and asked for my ID. Officer Boyevich repeatedly slammed my face into the floor while Rogers put the cuffs on me. That's not called for for jaywalking. We have seen what they did to Rodney King. The whole world has seen what happened to Rodney oh, King. hold up. Baby, let me show you what they did to Tupac Shakur. Right. All that movie, that didn't mean nothing to OPD. Right. I was still an N-I-double-G-A, uh -huh. and they proved it. And if you can see this, Mr. Cameraman, all of this is stark scars I go to my grave with. I can't These see These are learn-to-be-a-nigger scars. You're suing them. Ten mil. What else happens. can I do? You know, yeah. see what happens. You know how that goes. Yeah. Ronnie King still fighting for his, and they got it on tape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They got it on tape. One day I'm gonna bust, blow up on this society, find gelato. I couldn't find a trace of equality. They settled with me. They, they gave me, they gave me forty two thousand. I had to pay my lawyer a whole bunch. Boy, He sued. Oakland PD for ten million, they only got forty-two thousand. But he won. Any dollar from any police department for good money. So you got forty-two thousand dollars for jaywalking. So I'm gonna take it. I want people to know is that don't don't support the phonies. Support the real. You know what I mean? How can these people be talking about how they so real and they don't care about our communities? How can they be talking about what they all this, you know, the hood, blah, 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 blah. They don't care about our communities. You know what I mean? Listen to the words that people say in their lyrics and tell me if that's some real sh if that's real to you. You know what I mean? Listen to what they're saying. Don't just bob your head to the beat. Peep the game and listen to what I'm saying. Hold us accountable for it. A lot of people, black, white, Mexican, young or old, fat or skinny, have a problem being true to themselves. They have a problem looking in the mirror and looking directly into their own souls. The reason I sell six million records, the reason I could go to jail and come out without a scratch, the reason I could walk around, the reason I am who I am today is because I can look directly into my face and find my soul. You know, if, if I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door let me see the party let me see like them throwing salami all over the, I mean just like throwing food around they're telling me there's no food in there you know what I'm saying every day I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in you know what I'm saying we are hungry please let us in we are hungry please let us in after about a week that song is going to change the we hungry we need some food after two three weeks it's like you know give me all the food breaking out the door after a year, you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was 
asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking, you know, now that those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? Yes, I am going to say that I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. I can Reagan live in the White House, which has a lot of rooms, and there'll be homelessness. And he's talking about helping homelessness. This is what I mean about practicality. All right, if there's someone homeless in Washington, D.C., if there's homelessness, and he has the White House, which has a thousand rooms, why can't he take some of them people off the street and put them in his White House? Because he doesn't want to get dirty. The White House would be a little tainted, and when his rich people from Jamaica and everything comes to see him, they'll be, oh these people, you know, and that's dumb. It's just when you sleep, you sleep with a good conscience. You don't have nightmares. And hell is when you sleep, the last thing you see is all the fucked up things you did in your life. And you just see it over and over again. Because you don't burn. Because if, if that's the case, it's hell on earth because bullets burn. You know what I mean? It's people that got burned in fires. That means they went to hell already. You know what I mean? All that is here. So what, what else? What do you got there that we ain't seen here? What, you gonna walk around aimlessly, you got zombie? Nigga, that's here. You ain't been on the streets lately. You know what I mean? What, what heaven is now. Look, we sitting up here in the little big screen. It's heaven for the moment. You know what I mean? Hell is jail. I seen that one. Trust me, this is this is what's real. And all that other shit is to control you. If the churches took half the money that they was making and gave it back to the community, we'd be alright. If they take half the buildings that they used to praise God and gave it to motherfuckers who need God, we'd be alright. We be all right. Have you seen some of these goddamn churches lately? It's ones that take up the whole block in New York. It's homeless people out here. Why ain't God letting them stay here? Why these niggas got gold ceilings and shit? Why God need gold ceilings to talk to me? Why do God need colored windows to talk to me? Why God can't come where I'm at, where he sent me? If God wanted to talk to me in a pretty spot like that, why the hell he sent me here then? You know what I mean? That that make ghetto kids not believe in God. Why? We don't need no more rappers, we don't need no more basketball players, no more football players, we need more thinkers, we need more scientists, you know, we need more managers, we need more mathematicians, we need more teachers, we need more people who care, we need more, you know what I'm saying, we need more women, mothers, fathers, we need more of that, we don't need any more entertainers. If you're not dark inside, and you come to this, this world, it'll turn you dark. You know what I'm saying? And so, if you really have sunshine in you, it's not good to play in the dark. It's, it's, it's just going to extinguish your fire. It's too much money here. I mean, nobody should be hitting Lotto for 36 million and we got people starving in the streets. That is not idealistic. That's just real. That is just stupid. There's no way Michael Jackson should have, or whoever Jackson, should have a million thousand, triple billion dollars and then there's people starving. There's no way. There's no way. That these people should own planes and their people don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers, pants. I know you're rich. I know you got $40 billion, but can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you notice somebody with no room? It just don't make sense to me. It don't. And then these people celebrate Christmas. They got big trees, huge trees, all the little trimmings. Everybody got gifts. And then somebody's starving. And they're having a white Christmas. They're having a great Christmas. Eggnog and the whole nine. That's not fair to me.
fucking fear. I have no fear. I have only ambition and I want mine and I will do anything to protect and feed my family. This world is such a, um, and when I say this world, I mean it. I don't mean in an ideal sense. I mean in uh, every day, every little thing you do. It's such a, gimme, gimme, gimme. Everybody back off. You know, everybody's like, you taught that from school, everywhere. Big business. You want to be successful? You want to be like Trump? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Push, 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 push. Step, step, step. Crush, crush, crush. If God give me breath for 20 more years, I see myself changing the world. Because my thought patterns are so opposite of what's the norm. Really? So I would have to change the world or I have to be changed by the world. exactly the analogy that it is for me you know what i mean when somebody breaks into your house and you know he's in the house you wouldn't go in your real voice excuse me are you breaking the house you would go hey what you doing malls it's the same thing that i do you know what i mean <laughs> if you're out in the wilderness and i'm just one sheep by myself i wouldn't go like i ain't um, gonna lie y'all say my next song um it's called uh i would go you know just listen to this. fuck the world you know what i mean that's, to get the that's, real. That's, that's, you know what I mean? And not that it's like a total facade. Nah, he's the greatest it's, rapper. It's, it's me, but it's just blown up. Way before his time. Man, like we took our leader, bro. They ain't gonna listen. They have to listen to somebody. I didn't listen. I didn't listen till I came here. Bad people was telling me, "Watch out! Look out! Signs up ahead." Like, yeah, I got this. I got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hope they listen. Don't, under, don't underestimate the youth of the man. Although I got mad props in them. I'm, I yeah. was one of them, but I'm just telling you what's yeah. real. You know what I mean? A hard hand make a soft behind. It took five bullets for me to stop and see what was really going on. No, I didn't. Immediately, I was like, God, man. I know how it's going to be when I die. It's going to be no no noise. You're going to people screaming. I'm fade out. We gonna end it on that, bruh. I'm not gonna give you no more. I'm kinda getting emotional because Tupac is my GOAT when it comes to this music, when it comes to being black, a black young man wanting to get older. He gave me all the tools and knowledge, things that we need to do. He always spoke about his people. He always spoke about the community, even in the midst of beef and chaos that he had going on around him. He never forgot about his people. And that's the way all black men should be. Don't forget about your people. 
Don't be so caught up in chasing this money. The money fade out. But the people gonna be there. Rest in peace. Happy birthday to Tupac Shakur. 50 years old. It's not today, but this was dedicated. This episode, I said when I came back, the way situations going on with me and in my life, it's the only person I could relate to because I feel like our missions were the same. He made it further in the music. I'm 40. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to pick up the pieces of my ancestors, man, my elders and, and, and complete the mission. So I appreciate y'all for sticking it out with me. I'm back. I'm black. Uh, this is episode 42 of Spark, Spark the Convo Podcast, STC. STC fam. STC fam. One. I'm going to leave y'all with Pac again, and I'm closing out. I'll leave you with Pac again, and I'm closing out. close out just trying to find the right one for y'all I'm going to leave you with his moms rest in peace and finish your cool. always knew that Tupac was talented and creative but the other thing I always knew was the weight that he carried he came here the son of a person who was a radical in this country. This country does not look kindly on those people. So I always understood that Tupac couldn't just be an entertainer. He had to understand who he was. And that didn't mean running around dancing and jumping up and down. You know, I'm a dance through everything. I don't believe you can. So I always knew that Tupac was special. That is not to say that I ever had a clue that Tupac would be the person that he was, produce the material that he produced, and have the perseverance that he had and the passion that he had. I I didn't know that any more than anybody else did. But I did know that my son was special, and I taught my children that they were special. Oh, what a benefit. Anybody wants the front, they can get hit like a motherfucking blunt. 
Damn, you don't stop. If you have a name as no one else has, you have to repeat it twice. You got to say it with extra feeling the second time. It builds character. So, you know, that's what my mother gave it to me. I need to stay true to the streets. Rap could do whatever it got to do to make money, to stay alive. But hip-hop got to stay true to the streets. If you're talking about you hardcore, <laughs> I better see some uh, sidewalks and beer bottles in your arms. Fortunately, I don't have any positive messages from all you, except keep your head up, you know, don't give up. Why not make a video about positive? See, that's why you don't have to do that. Oh, yeah. The first one, the first line. Say the black and the berry. The sweeter the juice. Say the darker the flesh than the deeper the roots. I give all to my sister's own welfare. Two pockets. Don't nobody else care. Check. I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, Brothers clown a lot, but please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you know me. And I ain't trying to cash up, I just call it how I see it. You know what makes me unhappy? When brothers make babies and leave the young mother to be a pet. Now since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and our game from a woman, I wonder why we take for my women, why we break our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time we kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. Cause if we don't have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has the right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So with a real genius, get up. No, you fed up, ladies. Keep your head up.
Man, shut up. Nah, man, don't stay quiet. Spark the convo. You got something to say it on your chest? Spark the convo. A new podcast hosted by me, John Trey. We're going to talk about any and everything. No filter. Spark the convo. Even while in traffic, spark the convo. Whatever you want to talk about, we're going to spark that convo. You'll never be able to say what's on your chest or whatever's on your mind. Let's build. Let's agree to disagree.